everybody and welcome to Teen Insider. I'm Maddie. I'm Ethan. And I am Abe. And we are here to give you a little insight as to what goes on inside of the mind of a teenager. Especially a Christian teenager. Kapow. Kapow. Abe, do you want to explain why we haven't been here in a while? Absolutely. I'll also explain why we're, um, if you're watching us on YouTube, we look a little bit different today. Um, one is I made a bad mistake with my hair. No. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, basically, uh, the Whitmores to my left, um, they've been quarantining for two months now, basically, uh, just doing minimal activity. Um, and so... It started out with, well, I guess we'll just miss, you know, roughly a month and, and whatever, and that'll be that. And then turn into two months and, you know, possibly forever. Uh, <laughs> so basically we were just like, let's just combine some technology and figure something out so that we can still keep doing this because um, we do want to do it. We do want to be um, persistent in this. Um, so that is why we are here and in this format today. Uh, so hopefully audio and all that sounds the same and you, you can't tell the difference there. Uh, but as far as YouTube goes, it's going to be a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> so sadly, we're not able to be in the same room. Um, but hopefully yeah. if... Well, we could be. We, uh, we would have to have masks. Yeah, but then it would just... It's kind of harder to record podcasts with masks. Yeah. On. Yeah. You can't really do it. So today is actually a really fun episode because Abe is going to be sharing his testimony with everybody. Um, so, um, Abe, I know I didn't explain this or I mean, I didn't ask you to do this beforehand, but before you share your testimony, would you go ahead and explain a little bit about what a testimony is? Yeah. Yeah, you can spring that on me. That's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so actually I do have a story for this. Um, testimony can be uh, really a couple different things. Um, it is either just your life story and, and how you found a Christ and how he's worked in your life, or a testimony could also just be um, a story of something that happened that, that Jesus did or, or that God has done in your life um, that can be used to encourage and to empower uh, the church. And so for today's instance, it'll, it'll, it'll be kind of my story, uh, my past struggles, my current struggles, um, kind of how I found Jesus and how he's been pursuing me. Um, it'll be my story today. Uh, whereas um, there, there are also other ones that can just be, if somebody says it's a testimony, it, it, it might not be their entire life story, but it, it, it could just be a story of something that happened uh, about 20 minutes before I got here to record. Um, somebody saw my shirt on the back of it. It says, listen to God and do what he says. And he said, well, I got a testimony for that brother. And some guy dollar general that I've never met. And, um, he goes, yeah, I got a story for that. And so he tells me this story about this preacher that he listened to one time and how basically this one guy had to fly a plane all by himself. And it was just God's grace that he like didn't die and hit a mountain. Basically, uh, it was the moral of it. And so, and it was very encouraging coming in and hearing that uh, right before we do this. So it's in a nutshell before I ramble for an hour. Um, it's just a story about what God has done 
to encourage the church or, or believers. Thank you for explaining that. Really quickly, we do just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. We really, really do appreciate it. Um, we are super excited to be recording again. So, yeah. All right, Abe. All righty. Uh, so, yeah, my story starts um, pretty much when I was in the womb. <laughs> most of ours does. Um, so... Mom was actually baptized while she was pregnant with me. Oh. Um, so, yeah, fun fun fact, I've been baptized twice, if you want to count that one. <laughs> um, and so I, I was pretty much one of those kids that was born in a pew. I just, I was in church my whole life, always, always, always in church. Very rare that, that we missed a Sunday. It was either we're out of town or we're sick. I can remember maybe, maybe twice uh, that we just missed a Sunday just because. Um, and you know, every now and then we would go and visit, you know, fringe churches or whatever, cause they were having events, but I, pretty much every Sunday I, I was in church, um, for as long as I can remember. Um, so yeah, always, always being around the faith and all that. Um, and so roughly when I was about 12, 11 going on 12, really, um, I, for some reason just started to pray, uh, every night before bed. And wasn't really urged to do so by anything that I really know of, um, other than other than God, obviously. Um, and so, really started to enjoy that prayer time and enjoy uh, that time with the Lord. And so I would pray longer and pray more often. And um, before I knew it, I was praying every night. Um, and I, I remember many, many, many instances where I was praying for until you know four in the morning um two or three in the morning yeah and so it was just something that as a soon to be teen I, I was all in um and so in that time I uh I uh you know I thought that I received a calling on my life and I thought several things had happened um which were all awesome but <laughs> I didn't have any foundation uh, reading has always been my least favorite thing to do in the world ever. <laughs> and so, um, getting into God's word was very, very tough for me. Um, very, very hard for me to do at that young age because it's like, well, I could just talk to him, whatever, you know? And so because of that, um, the very, the instant that I was tempted, I fell. I mean, just the second. Um, and so, yeah, I got tempted, um, with, uh, with pornography and, and lust, um, and I mean, just, just fell into it very quickly. Um, and so within, I'd say within a month, um, I went from praying to four in the morning to being totally addicted to pornography, just night and day switched it, um, and so, and all that was because I was not in God's word on a daily basis or, or really at all. Um, and so that went on for, for several years and it's still a part of my life, still something that I have to fight daily. Um, and so after about six months of this, I finally, you know, starting to feel bad about myself and, and, and my sin. And so I asked God one day, I prayed again and I asked him, I said, how do I get out of this? Because it's not something that I can just stop. I've, I've been trying that. And it's not working. 
And so I really felt like he told me, you got to tell your parents. That was not going to happen. That just, it was not going to happen. It just was not. Um, and so I went for several years, uh, several years, um, just trying to build up the courage to tell my parents because I thought as soon as I tell them, it's going to go completely away and I won't have to ever deal with it again. But I got to sit down with my parents and tell them this. Now, give you some context. Um, I was the golden child. The gold. Oh my gosh, I was a good kid. I was a good kid kid in front of everybody. Do what? The kid every parent dreams of. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I was 15 having people tell me that they wish that their kids, their 30-year-old kids who were already married were my age so that there could be a chance. Oh. I was being told that at 15. Oh, wow. That does a lot to, that does a lot to your pride, all right? <laughs> like, I was a good kid, all right? On Sunday mornings when I was in church. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I would put on this mask, this fake face, every Sunday and every time I was around anybody. My mom, my dad, nobody knew the real me. Nobody knew me at all. Um, I just had a mask on whenever I was around anybody and this fake personality and all this. Um, And so eventually, if you didn't know, that, that will drive you straight into depression. I mean, straight into it. So I'm probably, um, I'd say 14 or so. Uh, was probably 14, 15 was the worst that I was, that I ever gotten. Um, just looking at porn two to three times a day and just, I mean, I would literally cry because I can't stop watching porn and then go and watch porn to try and make me feel better because that was the only two things that I knew. And so, and nobody knew that any of those was happening. Um, and so eventually that led to a spot where I felt the only thing left that I can really do is to take my life. Um, all that I can really do is, is just end it and it'll be over. Um, and I won't have any struggles anymore and I'm pretty confident I'm, I'm going to heaven. You know, everybody on Sunday says that I am, so I'll be fine. I think, I hope. Um, and so I actually had a plan put together and I won't share that because it can get a little too graphic, I think. Um, but actually I, I had a plan, um, not really rent down or anything. I'm not that freaky, but um, I, I did have it in the back of my mind and in the front of my mind and all over my mind, what I was going to do. Um, and so I planned, I uh, set a date for it. And the day before I was supposed to do that, I had this experience um, I don't know what you want to call it. It wasn't a dream cause I was awake, but it wasn't a vision because I couldn't like feel things. And it wasn't really just like a picture because was, there were moving parts. So whatever you want to call it, I, I, the only way I know how to describe it properly is that it's an experience. Um, I have this experience where, um, basically I just see my mom just clinging over my casket, bawling her eyes out, 
with my dead body inside. Um, and it was a closed casket because of what I was planning on doing and all that. And that shook me so much. I thought, well, crap, I can't do that now. You know, I, I love mom enough. I can't do that now. And so I lived pretty much miserable um, for several years, just not being able um, to go to either extreme, <laughs> being stuck in the middle, which was the worst spot I could be. Um, well, I guess it wasn't the worst, but it was a bad spot. Um, just longing to take my own life, knowing that I couldn't do that, but also knowing I couldn't do anything else. Um, and so eventually my parents kind of had enough wisdom to know what was going on a little bit. They knew that I wasn't myself. Uh, they knew that, that I'm an extreme introvert and I had zero friends and I only left the house maybe once a week. And so they, um, they basically decided, Hey, we're going to go to a youth group. And I said, no, and my parents are strict. And I said, yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> and so they said, you go once, you hate it. You never go back. We tried, you tried. That'll be that. So I was like, all right, that's fine. So they, they picked the one that I was going to go to. It was uh, the youth group that I share with Maddie and Ethan. And because um, I didn't know anything about youth groups. Uh, so they picked that one. I went in with a point. I mean, a point. I'm going to hate this. I'm not going to be nice to anybody. I'm going to be that quiet kid that everybody's scared of. <laughs> They're never going to see me again. I'm not coming back. I'm going to stick it to mom. That was that was my mindset. I go in there, um, and everybody was so nice. The nicest people I'd ever met in my life, and I hated it. <laughs> oh, it made me furious because I had to go. I, I, I couldn't miss out on this, but at the same time, I wanted no part of it. And so I decided I'll go a second time. They just got lucky. There's, they're going to be chirps this time because I'm not just the new face. <laughs> well, they were still nice and, and, you know, ended up keep going there. Well, um, this was, uh, I'm turning 16 about this time uh, of going there. Um, actually, I remember first time going to youth group was uh, about a month after my 16th birthday um, for whatever that's worth. Um, <laughs> so about six weeks after going to, to youth group consistently and, and going six weeks in a row, um, my parents sat me down. They said, hey, you know, here pretty soon you're going to get your driver's license. Um, you got about six months till in. Uh, basically, if you want to start going to, to that church, um, the Catalyst, and then you can go ahead until you get your license. We'll drop you off. Um and get you to and from, you know, but if you want to, we'll go with you the first service and then you're on your own, basically, if, if you want that. And I jumped on it. Oh, I jumped <laughs> on that so fast. It was maybe a 30 second conversation. Um, like they thought it was going to be like a long conversation and I, nah, I'm jumping on that train. <laughs> and so because the, the church that I was going to, 
Um, I was the youngest person there oh. by like, like my dad was the, was like the second youngest. Oh, wow. Other than my siblings. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like my siblings, my dad, everybody else, like just full of old people, basically. <laughs> and, you know, I, I love all of them now, but at the time it was just, it felt dead. Um, and so, yeah, I hopped out of that place. It was boring. I felt like I was in a college lecture mm-hmm. every Sunday. And so came to visited Catalyst, really liked it. Uh, the pastor here, like, interacted with people. He, like, used illustrations, made some jokes. Like, I could follow along with his sermon. I couldn't follow along with the other guy. Come into this one, you know? Um, so... Six weeks uh, after Easter um, is the day that really, really changed my like changed my life. Um, I will never forget the pastor using an illustration had a casket um, in the building on stage, talking about um, being dead in your sins and your trespasses, and he spoke on Ephesians. Um, chapter 2 verse 1 and 10 um and then you know christ bringing you and giving you new life and you're resurrected with christ um and so that rocked me um at the end of the service everybody kind of wrote down sins that they struggled with and so you know i wrote it or anything that you were struggling with or sins basically um what was it so i wrote down pornography and depression I wrote those down, crumpled up my paper so that nobody could see, and then uh, tossed it in the casket. And the, they never really buried the casket, but in my mind, that casket's six feet underground, all right? <laughs> uh, and also, if you didn't make the connection, uh, the, the picture of my mom clinging over a casket and then me throwing the sin into a casket kind of connects. Um, so that was a connection i noticed only a couple weeks ago uh so i think that's pretty cool but anyway um after that service um depression was gone i mean gone like just i've been joyful ever since do i have bad days everybody does do i have sad days obviously um but overall i'd say i'm the most joyful person that i know (laughs) um and i'd say that i'm right um oh thanks Uh, (laughs) you always have a smile um, on your face (laughs) under underneath Um, the mask (laughs) like corona face mask. it's there people don't see it but it's there yeah um and then i still couldn't tell my parents i couldn't do it i just it was hidden. I couldn't do that. So I prayed about it. God, how do I tell them? Give me the strength. I need to do this. I know I do. You've been telling me this for close to five years now. How do I do this? And so um, basically what I felt in my heart was write a letter. And so I just scribbled on a piece of paper. Uh, hey, mom and dad been struggling with porn for three years um all right cool bye 
<laughs> was pretty much the letter um, in, in a nutshell and told them kind of about uh, what had happened that Sunday and whatnot. Um, and I slid it under their door uh, once they went to bed that uh, Monday night. And um, so Wednesday, you know, they were kind of waiting on me and had a, uh, we had a talk and I thought, all right, that's gone. I'm Sidless. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no. Um, but what I did find was that you start to find freedom and vulnerability. You start to be, once you can release that and once you don't let, because shame silences you. It shuts you down. It says you are going to be ran out of this place. If anybody finds out, you're getting kicked out of the church. Your parents are going to kick you out of their house. You're going to be completely alone. It silences you. What vulnerability does is it proves shame wrong, and it allows you to, to open up to people, and it frees you to not be tangled in that. And if I would have been vulnerable from day one about that, first off, I probably wouldn't be struggling with this today like I do. Second off, I probably would have never gotten that deep into depression. I, I, I don't think that I would have gotten that far to the point of thinking that I only had one way out if I would have just been vulnerable. But instead, I put a mask on. I covered everything up. I let shame and fear dictate my life. And when Christ came and crushed the crap out of that and freed me of that, um, I've been working on being more and more vulnerable ever since. And every time that I get to be vulnerable about this, I get a little more free. I get a little more open, a little more just, it, it just gets less and less power over me. Um, so that's my story. And I hope the last bit there was encouraging. Um, anything to add? No, yeah. I, I well, thank you, first off, for sharing. Um, like, I really do think that a lot of people will be able to relate um, mm. to just different aspects. Because you'd say something, I'm like, oh, I can relate to that. Like, I think mm. everybody um, will be able to relate a little bit. But like you said there at the end, like, the vulnerability really does, really does um, free you a lot. Uh, so yeah 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 you got anything nope <laughs> i think that's the third word ethan has said this whole time. <laughs> yeah, he's a Does laugh count as four <laughs> maybe um he's a he's a kid of not a lot of words <laughs> he's not he gets to the point i like it so there we go, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Um, thank you again, Abe, for sharing your testimony with us. We we appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. Don't forget... Thanks for the... Uh... Oh. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> oh. No, I was going to say, I think this was a good idea, and yeah. I always love the, uh, the opportunity. So thank you guys for listening. I uh, really appreciate that. Um, Anytime somebody gets to listen to me talk, I, I kind of like it. <laughs> Don't forget, we have social medias. We have Instagram. We have TikTok. We have a website. TikTok. We have all of them. All basically all of them. I think we have a Facebook. No. No, never mind. 
We have Instagram, we have TikTok, and we have a website. Facebook sucks. Yeah. Um, on we Instagram, would guarantee, guaranteed we would get sucked. Guaranteed. Probably. Instagram. If we had a page worth keeping up, we would get sucked. Oh, yeah. Instagram, oh, yeah. <laughs> our Instagram handle is just Teen Insider Podcast. Go look us up there. TikTok is teen.insider.podcast. Go look us up over there. Follow us. Our website. I don't remember the URL, but if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be in the description um, of this episode. Wherever you can find podcasts, you will be able to find our podcast, Spotify, Apple, Amazon. You will be able to find it. Um, we will also have, we might, I might have some links in the description below. So yeah, go check out our social medias. Follow us. We're on YouTube. Do whatever. Yes, we're on YouTube. Go subscribe. Um, yeah, I think that's like it. Comment. Right. Well, give us feedback. Yes. All of the feedback. We want it. Good, bad, positive, negative. Yes. How Do good it. my hair is. Yeah. <laughs> what? He said how good What's his that? hair is. <laughs> Ethan's got great hair. <laughs> well, thank you guys again for listening and joining us on this podcast episode. We will see you again next Saturday with another episode. We will finally <laughs> have another one, and it'll be back to back. We're going to be consistent. Woo! <laughs> so we'll see you guys next week for another podcast. Bye. Bow.